0: Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I didn't have much to talk about this week, so I'm gonna randomly rant about tattoos. When I was a teenager, I wanted to get some ink. It was a rebellious thing to do. It was kitschy, niche. Only rock stars and criminals had them. And the designs were pretty hardcore. Barbed wire, anchors, snakes with venom dripping down its fangs. But then they started to become popular, trendy, and people were getting butterflies and Winnie the Pooh tattooed on their asses. So that phase passed pretty quickly. I still think sleeves are amazing pieces of art and like hearing from people who have gotten them. They all have a story of the significance of each tattoo and how they interact with each other. If I had the time, money, and patience, I would consider that. But this is the part that I don't understand about tattoos. I've seen singers and celebrities post pictures of themselves on the gram of them working out in the gym, getting shredded, ripped swole. And then they cover their shredded, ripped, swole bodies in tattoos. What was the point of all that work? The hours lifting weights, doing crunches, planking. Why bother going to the gym if you're going to cover all that progress with tattoos? I mean, save the time and energy and have the artist tattoo on some abs. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking at a 5 stars. 1 star is Skip It, 2 stars Watch at Your Own Risk, 3 stars Standard Fair, 4 stars Worth Checking Out, and 5 stars Must See. Now if I give a title 5 stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie, Logan's Run from 1976. So how'd I miss it? Well, this film is constantly on Turner Classic movies, so you'd think that I would have been able to watch it at some point over the years, but alas, here we are. It's not a movie that was discussed much in film school, and I don't hear about it in culture the way that other 70s science fiction movies are. I had no idea what the plot of the movie was going into it, so I was pretty much a blank slate. It was directed by Michael Anderson, who helmed Orca, Around the World in 80 Days, and All the Fine Young Cannibals, which did inspire the band who sang She Drives Me Crazy. Cool, cool, cool. The screenplay was written by David Zalig Goodman, who scribes Straw Dogs, episodes of The Untouchables, and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing, screenplay based on material from another medium, for Lovers and Other Strangers. Logan's Run was based on the novel of the same name written by William F. Nolan and George Clayton Johnson. This is something to look out for. If the set of the Senate looks familiar, it originally appeared in the 1939 film Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's the year 2274. People who have survived wars, overpopulation, and pollution are living under ecologically balanced domes where all necessities are provided. The only catch is that their life must end at the age of 30. Doesn't it anyway? Each person is implanted with a life clock in the palm of their hand, which changes colors as you get older. It's the last day for Capricorn 15s. Those born in 2244 are summoned to the carousel, where a sacrificial ritual occurs. A crowd gathers and cheers on the proceedings. If someone floats to the top of the carousel without getting zapped, their life will be renewed. The rest are eliminated. Polite euphemism. Occasionally, there are people called runners who try to escape from the ritual. A selected group called the Sandmen are responsible for finding and disposing of the runners. Again, polite euphemism. Two members of this faction are Logan Five, portrayed by Michael York, who starred in Cabaret, Romeo and Juliet, and Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, as Basil Exposition. He won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series for The Lot. And Francis Seven, performed by Richard Jordan of Dune and The Hunt for Red October fame. They are alerted that there's a runner in entrance west of the Great Hall and pursue him. Apparently they graduated from the Stormtrooper School of Shooting, as they were way too close to miss the runner that badly, but eventually he's dispatched. As he examines the body, Logan finds an ankh, the Egyptian symbol representing life, in the hand of the runner and takes it. That evening, he summons Jessica Six to his quarters via the circuit for some bed-shaking fun but she's not in the mood because her friend was taken in the carousel ritual. She accuses him of being a killer as part of the Sandmen, but he only terminates runners. This didn't exactly set the mood, so eventually she left. Jessica Six is played by Jenny Agutter, known for Child's Play 2, The Avengers, and an American werewolf in London. She won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Performance by an actress in a supporting role in drama for The Snow Goose. So Logan drops off material in the central computer. It's like a modern safety deposit box. And when it discovers that he's in possession of the Ankh, it explains that it's the symbol for the sanctuary, a pre-catastrophe code word used for a place of immunity, relating to runners who are unaccounted for. Logan 5 believes that's impossible, because everyone's been told that people either reach life renewal on carousel or are eliminated. No one should be unaccounted for but if there are, then these runners have found a way to live past the age of 30. The central computer authorizes him to penetrate city seals and search outside the dome to find sanctuary and destroy. The assignment will begin with Logan 5 going undercover as a runner seeking sanctuary. Even though he's only a Red 6, the central computer pushes his life clock forward four years, so he must complete the mission before being summoned to carousel. Here's a quote without context. Nothing sadder than a dead fish. Logan's run had an interesting concept. The movie starts off with some reading. I'm always wary when information needs to be told to a viewer through text instead of dialogue between characters. It always seems lazy to me. And the fact is, it didn't necessarily explain that much. I mean, the characters use terminology that I wasn't familiar with, so it is a little confusing. I'd understand the need for explanation in that scenario, but none were to be had. As a viewer, I don't mind not knowing what's going on, but if you're gonna make the effort to explain the world we're in, make it worthwhile. That's all I'm saying. Have I beaten this dead horse? I thought the acting was alright. Logan 5 starts off a bit aloof unsympathetic, but as the layers begin to peel and he realizes that life under the dome might not be everything it's cracked up to be, he becomes more relatable and yet end up on his side. I wanted to mention a couple of notable actors in the film. Holly is played by Farrah Fawcett, who starred in the Cannonball Run, Man of the House, and Charlie's Angels, credited as Fawcett Majors. Old Man is portrayed by Peter Ustinov, who appeared in Death on the Nile, Lorenzo Oil, and won two Oscars for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Spartacus and Copy. He would improvise much of his dialogue in the movie. The sets were great, pretty expansive and detailed, colorful. In wide shots of the domes, they clearly used miniatures. There's something charming about that, but also dated. I know I would complain if it was all CGI, so I'm not sure what the perfect balance is. But for the 70s, it looked pretty good. There were a lot of neat effects. They used extensive wire work in the scenes with the carousel. I thought the one area that could have been improved was to show how utopic life under the dome was. I didn't get that sense. So for people to want to stay there and risk for life renewal in the carousel didn't seem as appealing. It should have felt more hedonistic. Now for a little trivial trivia. Roscoe Lee Brown provided the voice for Box the Robot. He would go on to do voice acting work in Oliver and Company, Treasure Planet, Babe, and Spider-Man the Animated Series. He also appeared in Jumpin' Jack Flash and Nothing Personal. He won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Performer in a Comedy Series for The Cosby Show. This cinematography was captured by Ernest Laszlo, whose filmography includes Inherit the Wind, It's a Mad 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 World. I I think I got all the mads there. Uh, Also Fantastic Voyage and Airport. He won a Best Cinematography Black and White Oscar for Ship of Fools. It was edited by Bob Wyman, who worked on Rosemary's Baby, The Graduate, and Police Academy 2, their first assignment. One of these things is not like the other. The score was composed by Jerry Goldsmith, who wrote the music for Star Trek The Motion Picture, Poltergeist, Hoosiers, Patton, and won an Oscar for Best Music Original Score for The Omen. He also wrote the Fanfare for Universal Pictures and Paramount Pictures. There were pieces that reminded me of the Alien score, specifically the use of brass. Other parts were very electronic and seemed advanced for the time. The runtime is 1 hour, 58 minutes. It had a budget of 7 million and grossed 25 million at the box office. It was nominated for two Oscars at the 1977 Academy Awards. L.B. Abbott, Glenn Robinson, and Matthew Uricic received a special achievement award for visual effects. There was a short-lived series which ran for 14 episodes and a 5-issue comic book series. I give it 3.33 out of 5 stars. If you've seen Logan's Run and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called, Matt Watch That, Playback. There's a lot of excitement with SpaceX and Blue Origin regarding space travel. And I'll admit, if I had $500,000 lying around, I would totally be aboard one of those rockets to get a glimpse at the Earth from afar. But we're also getting a little too eager about the idea of colonizing Mars because there's one huge issue standing in our way. It's called breathing. Their atmosphere is not conducive to one of the biggest things we need, air. So I came across a couple of videos about magnificent places right here on Earth that we can visit right now. One is entitled, 10 Scientifically Impossible Places That Actually Exist. How can you not watch that? It shows that we're still discovering how our own planet works. Devil's Kettle, the Hessdalen Lights, the lightning storms in Venezuela, Some of these sound like the premise for an X-Files episode. The next is called 25 Greatest Natural Wonders of the World. When Mount Everest is only at 22, you know there are some spectacular attractions right here on Earth, where we can breathe. They're all available in the Matt Watch That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Sliders. Or should I say Sliders. Co-created by Robert K. Weiss, who is the producer on the Naked Gun movies, The Blues Brothers, and Tommy Boy and Tracy Torme, writer of Fire in the Sky, episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, and son of the Velvet Fog, singer Mel Torme. It starred Jerry O'Connell, Sabrina Lloyd, John Rhys-Davies, and Clevant Derricks. Carrie Werher, Charlie O'Donnell, Robert Floyd, and Tembi Locke would appear in later seasons. The series is about student Quinn Mallory who created a portal which can transport you to parallel universes which show alternate history. I didn't watch in its initial run, but when it moved to Sci-Fi Network, they started showing marathons, which is when I got hooked. The acting is pretty good, and I really like the cast, so when there were a few personnel changes, I lost a little enthusiasm for the series. Now, some of the episodes originally aired out of order, which caused continuity errors and confusion amongst viewers, so depending on where you stream the series, make sure you binge watch how it was intended to air. There are series guides online that you can reference. In 2019, there were talks between Jerry O'Connell and John Rhys-Davies regarding a possible revival, with Tracy Torme being on board as well, but nothing has come to fruition yet. At least, in our universe. Sliders was on for five seasons, 88 episodes, from 1995 to 2000. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for all the reviews, rants, and random devil's kettle the Allen lights the lightning storms in velaswena velaswena oh boy and won two oscars for best actor in a supporting role for spartacus and top copy Top. top copy top copy it originally appeared in the 1939 film Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, I'm just making names up. It was directed by Michael Anderson, who helmed Orca around the world in Crazy Days. In what? In Crazy Days? What am I saying? <laughs>